This is the Premier League Preview Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Premier underscore podcast. Find us on Facebook under Premier League Preview Podcast or online at plpreview.com. Hello. You're very welcome to the Premier League Preview Podcast. I'm Sean Fitzmaurice. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Owen Maloney. Howdy. As always, you can get us on Twitter at Premier underscore podcast, on Facebook at the Premier League Preview Podcast or on our website, plpreview.com. It's international break week again, Boo. which means we've no games to preview once again. We hate these horrible situations. Yeah. But they're good for you because, as you know, whenever it's international break week, we do a season so far podcast and we just look back on what's happened so far in the season and we give little predictions as to what we think is going to happen for the rest of the season. The season has taken a break. What a time to take a break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after, after probably the best game of the season yesterday, it's frantic, it, frantic stuff. Like, um, could have been four all. Obviously, we're on about Liverpool and Man City. I was, uh, I was thinking about it today, and it's like, it's like the cliffhanger in the best TV show ever. Yeah. Like, not even just, not even just the clash at the top of the table. There are so many things that happened at the weekend that have just left it in a situation that you just can't wait for it to be back. Yeah. It's like... It's like a cliffhanger at the end of a season at Game of Thrones and you're just, oh, when is the next episode back? I want to see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for me, like, you're, you're looking at this now and you're waiting until the 23rd of November and you, you're looking at City and Chelsea and you're going, oh, I want to watch that game right now yeah. because Chelsea have probably been, the, yeah, they have been the informed team in the league. They've won their last five. They've been playing They've brilliantly. They've won their last six. Six, sorry, yeah. yeah. They've been playing brilliantly. And obviously City now, after taking the beating at, at Anfield, it puts them under enormous pressure. They're nine behind Liverpool. They can't afford to slip up. So you're just hoping, I suppose, that they give off an absolutely massive clash because Chelsea aren't going to see themselves out of this. Like if Liverpool drop points here and there, Chelsea are going to fancy themselves right in the pecking order. And who, like in fairness, we said at the start of the season that we'd worry about Frank Lampard, that they, they the transfer embargo, that he had a young squad. He was without Eden Hazard, couldn't bring anyone in to replace him. And here we are and they're shooting the lights out. Tammy Abraham has been brilliant. All, all the youngsters have been brilliant, but the N'Golo Kante is now back, which will be a massive boost. They've solidified the defence. Tamori has been a massive addition. Yeah. Uh, has really stepped up to the plate and it just, the club itself, just seems like it has a massive goodwill wave. Everyone is loving it. Like even I saw Paddy Power had a tweet up uh, a couple of days ago and they said, uh, surely there's some sort of meetings for people who are finding themselves actually liking Chelsea lately can go to and cure themselves. And that's the way it is. People aren't used to kind of this kind of good gesture of goodwill towards Chelsea Football Club. It's just not usual, but it's the situation. Even myself, obviously, we all know we're Liverpool fans or whatever, we'll move on. But it's, they're unreal to watch and it, and like you're looking forward to seeing Chelsea whereas you mightn't have been under say Mourinho before when it was miserable or you know previous managers whereby it was just they weren't a great team to watch whereas this season whatever Lampard has done it has worked and has been brilliant so yeah you're, you're really looking forward to that game yeah and I, I think it's brilliant that over the course of this weekend and maybe the weekend before the top four has become a top four again it's like it, it's not just two teams and all the other teams like Chelsea and Leicester are right in the mix now. I know Liverpool have that eight point gap, but it's only November and there's a lot of fixture congestion coming up in December. So not only are City looking at where Liverpool are, there's also two other teams in Leicester and Chelsea who are looking and they're closer mm-hmm. to Liverpool than City even are. So it's it's really there's four teams in the mix, whereas 
for the first few months of the season, we were just going, oh, it's always just going to be those two and then everybody else. So the the excitement is palpable. Oh, it is. And and I think now, as you said, you're starting to see trends. Like there has been, it's been no secret, Liverpool have been the best team in the league this year. And they, by virtue of that, they're eight points clear of Leicester in second. Yeah. Then you have Leicester and Chelsea who have been brilliant in recent weeks, have both won their last four. Chelsea have won their last six. And they're just a point above Man City who are now slightly erring a bit. They've lost two of their last five and they've they've lost three games already this season. They only lost four in the whole of last season and they only lost two in the whole season before that. And they're halfway to the number of goals they conceded already last year. Yep. So they're, they're slipping a bit. And then you're seeing, again, another drop down of eight points to the, to the fifth place because, to be honest, from fifth to 17th, there's only a six-point gap yeah, I, and that that is kind of that is kind of I suppose sim- symptomatic of where the likes of Spurs and United are finding themselves mixed in with the Brightons and Bournemouths this year and and Arsenal because they haven't stepped up to the plate yet and it it it, it makes it very interesting because a couple of games last year we saw you Man United last weekend before they played Saturday night they were 14th position they go and they beat Brighton and they're in seventh and one spot one point off Europa League and you're thinking. How did that happen? Yeah, we're twelve games into the season, not, not in the one. middle of the table. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's it, it, it's it's going to make for a ridiculous feeling. And now you're seeing Watford have come back to form in recent weeks. They're grinding out results. Got their first win of the season, as we predicted here uh, on the last podcast. They went and beat Norwich. They've got their first win. They're up to eighteenth. Sorry, in the table. Uh, yeah, eighteenth yeah. in the table now. After thinking they were an absolute forlorn hope after the start they've had. So it's going to be. Uh, to be honest, as you said, uh, you hate to see international breaks, but the next two weeks are going to drag because you just want the Premier League to be back. It's yeah. really hitting the, the sweet spot now. There's so many. There's so many crunch fixtures and crucial positions within the league you look at Aston Villa who we were talking about started brilliantly into the Premier League and and they're three points off relegation re- relegation last, last three after winning two in a row it's, it's yeah. really kind of up and down stuff from them yeah. yeah Watford are one way one win away from passing overtaking them United they're while they're doing terribly like their their um, form is diabolical but they're one point behind Europa League they put a couple of wins together and next thing they're chasing down the top four yeah, it's it's. You've Sheffield United doing. Uh, shout out to Lee <laughs> <laughs> in fifth. They're actually currently occupying the Europa League spot. And in fairness, they were brilliant against Spurs again, and were kind of I'd say unlucky. Yeah. Again, VAR. Shout out to us, in fact, for yeah. In nearly, fairness, we nearly every fixture we called last week it came yeah, off we as went we called it. Close. And Lee, you can't come at us this week now because we we gave them a fair shake and we said that they could easily do what they do and grind out a result. And to be fair, it wasn't a case of boring Southampton into or Spurs into submission they didn't they no. were the better side <laughs> and no. that's worrying for Spurs not not to be kind of dismissive of Sheffield United or where they are I didn't see the game myself but I hear uh, VAR had a bit big bit to play in the fixture as well I it was an extremely harsh uh, it was an extremely harsh call for offside yeah yeah Rob, robbing an Irishman as well like, you know you hate to see it like but um, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do about this VAR we're, uh, we're not going to talk about it too much on this yeah. podcast because people talk about it to death um, <laughs> yeah yeah, you'd be sick of hearing about it to yeah. be honest yeah um, I suppose we're going to have to talk about the biggest game of the weekend which was uh, Liverpool City yeah that was oh. what a game as, as like Everyone knows we're both Liverpool fans. Yeah. But if you remove yourself that from, from that for a second and just put yourself in the shoes of a neutral, what a game that was to watch. Like It just, had everything. It did. Like City came out like a house on fire, had all the possession, looked 
the more dangerous by a mile and then bang Fabinho 25 yards out sickens Man City after 6 minutes and puts Liverpool 1-0 then City regain momentum again get on the front foot again and then bang 2-0 Liverpool and it was just <laughs> what is going on here then Liverpool started to gain a foothold obviously got the third goal which was just an absolutely ridiculous ball from Jordan Henderson to find Sadio Mane at the back post but um, then after that obviously City kind of laid siege to the Liverpool goal and they held fairly firm there was no stop in Bernardo Silva's goal it's a brilliant finish yeah. clipped in off the post but um, was it a pen? As uh, uh, Trent, oh, yeah. like uh, as a Liverpool fan, one hundred percent, that should have been a penalty for Man City. Yeah, absolutely. But no way was the second one. Like it was kicked at him from a yard. I know the second no one. Way. The second one wasn't, but the first one, twenty-two seconds before the Liverpool goal, that yeah, yeah it was a penalty. The official ruling is if it's a deflection uh, onto the hand, then it can't be given. And Bernardo Silva, it did deflect off Bernardo Silva's hand and hit Trent's butt. Like it was eight and a half yards away. They said on match of the day last night, so. That is a big. That's there's there's eight and a half yards and there's a couple of yards and yeah. It's 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 a bit Irish as they say. Um, his arm wasn't in a air quotation natural position either. It was out a bit. So, uh, I it, I I like to be honest. I thought City were hard done by there, and obviously Liverpool went down the field <laughs> fairly <laughs> straight after that and got a goal. So yeah, it was a massive massive moment. But look. Liverpool could feel aggrieved not getting the decisions they didn't get against Aston Villa the week before. It swings in roundabouts. We've been yeah. here before and as you said, you can talk VAR to death, but it's probably going to be the law of averages over a season. It'll do you sometimes, sometimes it'll go with you. Do you yeah. know, it's just the way it is and I think until the season's over and they make adjustments to it and get referees with eyes in the VAR boots, yeah. then uh, they'll sort it out. But until then, what can you do? You just have to roll with the punches. Like VAR isn't going to decide a season. No, yeah. not, not, not this year anyway, not this year. Um, I, I know a lot of people are saying that it's it's all over now. It's Liverpool's title. It's a nine-point gap to City. For People are completely discounting Leicester and Chelsea who yeah. are sitting above City. But I, I said it last week and I'll say it again this week. Liverpool's fixture congestion going into December. If that's still a nine-point gap in January, then I'll start to believe it's Liverpool's title. But at this point, it's it's still all to play for. No, um, and City know that City know that oh 100% and as my brother uh, who's an Arsenal fan reminded me yesterday uh, weren't you 7 points ahead at Christmas and, and wasn't it actually 10 at one stage with a game in hand when you played an earlier fixture in the game week and I was like yes Ronan it was <laughs> so look we've been here before and we've been come out the wrong side of it so you can't like we've seen how these things can change like yeah. we see, like Liverpool and City still have to play each other there's a three pointer and as you said Leicester have been in incredible form yeah. like they they look they're probably to me they have been the form team them and Chelsea have actually been the form team Liverpool have been grinding out a lot of results and getting the results yeah. but Leicester and Chelsea have been playing the best football to my eyes and you can't discount them at all you couldn't it'd be at your peril and it'll be as we said we've already touched on it but it'd be very interesting to see where City and uh where City and Chelsea leave each other after after that tie because that's massive for both clubs. It's, if Chelsea go and win that, what what where are City from from there? Well, City could nearly rule themselves if just I know we're speaking in hypotheses here. If Chelsea managed to beat City, which is not beyond runs of possibility whatsoever, and Liverpool beat Crystal Palace, it's eleven point gap or twelve point gap. Are you now saying City are out of the league? I think you are, and Chelsea are well in it. So yeah, it, it, it's it's a, that that will be a massive fixture. But um, to rule. To rule the, the, mid, the second and third position of Leicester and Chelsea out, I thought you see a lot of people doing it yesterday saying Liverpool were nine points clear. They weren't like Leicester. I think pe- people do have fairly short memories, and obviously it was a miracle that Leicester won the Premier League when they did, what was it six years ago at this stage now? Yeah. And like miracles do happen, and it, they can happen again. And this Leicester team, 
are brilliant. Like there, there's no doubt in them. Like it, you'd say something if this was over a short period, but it's twelve games into the league now. We're nearly we're nearly a third of the way into the league, and they're it's a meritocracy. They are deserving of their second place position, and they have to be factored into the. Just because they're Leicester doesn't mean they shouldn't be factored in. They absolutely should be. Yeah, I can't wait for the rest of the season, particularly the Christmas, the Christmas fixtures, yeah. and over in the new year. Um, let's have a look a little bit down the table at teams that maybe aren't doing as well as they would have expected to be doing. Um, I'm particularly looking at Arsenal and Spurs, um, who are at very different ends of the table. Arsenal are in sixth, but their recent record, they've won two in their last five, is it? Yeah, they have to, and they've no one one of their last five, and they've lost they've lost two of their last five and one one game. Yeah, yeah. So they've it, it's 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 an atrocious record for Arsenal at the moment. They've won, I think it's two of their last twelve or two of their last eleven Premier League games they've won. That's that's and Una, terrible. Una, like I, I for the pure crack, this will tell you I was kind of I'm a bit of a sadist. After they lost to Leicester, I went on to Twitter and I was flicking through Arsenal fan TV just to look for Claude and the regulars, all those that watch him yeah, will yeah. know him, uh, just to see what they were saying, and they were unanimously. Unai Emery out like they, they want him gone so like the club is like Xhaka apparently will, won't will play for, for Arsenal again is the word you're hearing yeah he's obviously but just they, I, I like they're calling for Emery out but who are they going to get who's going to replace him Mourinho was the name being toted on Arsenal fan TV now <laughs> I know exactly not, not the most reliable source but at the same time he like he's a proven proven track record. He'll make a fortune. He'll be able to live in London. He'll love that. Yeah. Um. It it, it would be as you'd imagine it would fit. But to me, the set of players that are there don't lean toward the way Mourinho would like to play the game. Yeah. That is a very attacking minded Arsenal team, and that is not the way he plays. So to me, it wouldn't suit. But when you're scrambling and you're trying to win games, and you will reach for someone that you know can pull you out of a hold, yeah. and they might go for it, but. It seems that the board have come out and they said they're going to back Emery and that they're in it for a long haul now and this this they're viewing it as just a pe- a trough and that there will be a peak again soon. But uh, how I, long I have does to this say, trough go on for? Like I, I really like Emery as a manager and I've spoke about it a few times on the podcast and I think the position that Arsenal are in doesn't really reflect what Emery's capabilities as a manager and I I do think maybe this is just a little dip and he will pull them out of it mm. but they've conceded I, more goals than they've scored now after 12 games and Adam sorry for Arsenal who would have aspirations of maybe well it, to be honest they would be deluded at this stage if they had aspirations of winning the league but if they have aspirations of finishing in the top four and you have a minus goal difference after after 12 games sorry but that's that's dreamland at this stage they just need to basically try and conserve it looks like they're going to have to try and win the Europa League again like yeah that's that's what it looks like they're going to have to do so it kind of tells you where Arsenal Football Club is at the minute. I think both Arsenal and United will be... They'll be targeting that. Targeting yeah. the Europa League because that, that's really their only hope of Champions League football next oh, year. Oh, 100%, yeah. When you're looking at the league here, you're looking at City in 4 to 25 points and United in six, uh, 16 points. They have no hope in hell of making 9 points up on, on City. And... Mm. 10 on Chelsea not a hope in hell no they, they just won't win enough games they'll concede too many points it's, and they'll concede too many goals it, it just won't happen like you, you'd have, you'd be very very brave and very very loyal United fan to predict United to be in the top four this season even yeah. though like the table is kind of elusive in the sense that oh United are in seventh it's not that dramatic they're still points wise a mile off they are like and, and after 12 games and 
that gap will probably widen rather than narrow. Well, if you'd be brave to can predict that uh, United will be in the top four this season, our uh, Spurs will be an even bigger bet. Oh, Jesus, things are gone to shit. <laughs> Pardon yeah, my French. It's really bad. They're, it's really, really it's bad. It's gone to absolute. As I said on the podcast last week, that all the talk is the squad has split down the middle over this uh, Christian Eriksen and Jan Vertonghen. Is it Jan Vertonghen or Alvaral? Jan Vertonghen. Yeah. Uh, uh, Vertonghen, yeah. Yeah, the domestic that's going on there, allegedly. But... um. It's, it's, it's plain to see. They're not playing as a team at all. They're playing as individuals. They're trying to make things happen. Kane is way out of form at the minute as well. It's just nothing is working. Even Son, who is usually brilliant, has kind of gone out of form again. But they were... They weren't good against Everton, but they were moderately okay mm. against Everton. And then after that, they put turned in a brilliant performance in the Champions League. Yeah. And then at the weekend, it all just fall, fell apart again. There's, there's no consistency. Not you think, bit, no. Like when you've seen the performance in the Champions League, you're like, okay, well, maybe they've sorted things out and this is, we're back to what Spurs should be and what we expect from Spurs. And then they go out at the weekend and they're just abject again. Yeah, it, it seems, as you said, it seems so hard to predict what Spurs is going to show up, but they're playing in fits and starts and it won't be good enough. Spurs now is all about just saving face this season they have and a hope of qualifying for Champions League they just won't and unless they go on an absolute ridiculous run now they are capable of if they can get their act together they are capable of going on a bit of a run but 20, 20 points behind the top of the table at, yeah, already 20 adrift and what are they adrift of uh, Champions League they're 11 11 adrift they have no hope of yeah. catching that they don't and I know it's early junctures but they don't they won't make up that ground like because uh, uh, City, are you even predicting City to lose another four games this season? You know what I mean? That's 12 points right there. That would mean Spurs would have to win every game this season, yeah. more or less. And, you know, th- there we go. It, it kind of mathematically nearly says it all. And you're, and you're But you might say, oh, Leicester or Chelsea will fall away. They'd have to fall away some amount for, for the likes of Spurs to catch up with them. And then they have to overtake maybe your Man United or your Arsenal. Or your Sheffield United, if they keep going the way they're going, they're grinding out results when everyone else around them is floundering. Like There's three teams together in the league in, in 14th, 15th and 16th position. And all three of them, you'd look at them and wonder, will they be managerless by the end of the international break? Yeah. You've got Spurs, Everton and West Ham. It's absolutely ridiculous to look at those three clubs and look at their positioning. You'd, yeah. you'd, you'd actually imagine to take the one away in, say, 4th, 5th and 6th. You'd be more likely to actually think that that's where they should be Yeah, to be honest about it and that's where you would have been maybe predicting looking at their squads at the start of the season it's a woeful underperformance and you've seen it across the board with United Arsenal Spurs Everton and West Ham they've all woefully underperformed the season and it has been the likes of Sheffield United Wolves in fairness to them who've turned their season around after a slow start I was actually I was watching match of the day two last uh, we're recording this on Monday evening by the way I was watching match of the day two last, yesterday evening and Alan Shearer pointed out they've played 24 games already this season because of Europa League and other yeah. things and he said they've eventually got the balance right and if you look at it they're unbeaten now in their last five games and they're starting to right that ship Yeah, I, I, know, watched, so. I watched them yesterday where they were very good mm. Raul Jimenez just impresses me more and more every time yeah. I see him play he's really good Jota is class and Ruben Neves as well they 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 have some really good players even Joao Matinho yeah I, like I remember all these Portuguese players coming to I know uh, sorry Raul Jimenez is Mexican and stuff but the likes of Moutinho and Adam Adam Traore has really got his act together this season his end product has been way better than it was in absolutely he got a lovely assist yesterday mm. but I remember all these when Nuno Espirito Santo became manager and all these Portuguese players coming to uh, to Wolves and going how are they attracting those players. Like the, the likes of Joe Matinho and Ruben Neves and even Jimenez, who's, who's Mexican, you could see them in top six teams yeah. easily. Yeah. 
And now I'm not saying Wolves aren't aren't um, a top six team. I think they're they're far better than Arsenal and United and Spurs this season. So you have to take your hat off to them. But they struggled very badly at early on in the season with the Europa League commitments. They don't have a squad for it. I still think they should just fob it off and just try and get out of that competition because they have a real chance of doing really well in the Premier League this year and investing in the summer and then going at the Europa League properly next year. I can see what you're saying, but like by that logic, right, they mm. fob off the Europa League this year to do well in the Premier League and qualify to the Europa League for next year. You can kind of see why are you robbing Peter to pay Paul yeah. by doing that. You know, it's it's it, it seems like you're blowing off this year to prepare for next year but all you can really achieve for next year is what you but have the, this year the financial benefit of qualifying for the Europa League is far greater than what it costs to actually, actually compete so if they qualify two years in a row and compound that financial the, the money they get for qualifying yeah they could go out and really invest in the squad strengthen the squad and then attack the Europa League properly yeah, they, yeah, I can see that happening. I suppose, yeah, it, it when you make a case like that, it is, yeah, it, it is. I actually want to bring up just one thing, right? It kind of just shows you where the Premier League is this year. You have the top four: Liverpool have won eleven games, Leicester and Chelsea have both won eight, mm-hmm. uh, and sorry, City have won eight as well. Other than that, no club has won more than four games this season. So you have in fifth position Sheffield United, and they've won four games of twelve, and you work your way down, and it's the exact same all the way down. That is ridiculous. Yeah. That is woeful inconsistency from a lot of teams. Absolutely. And in fairness to Sheffield, they like they have hit, they would have tearn, torn your hand off if you offered them, not even the league position now, but if you offered them 17 points after 12 games, they would have torn your hand off for it. We're, and we're, they're doing really well. Like We're 12 games into the season, just over a third, and Sheffield United are on 17 points. If they double that, they're staying in the Premier League. Oh, they will, yeah, because there's so many teams now floundering that you usually say 38, 40 points and you're safe. Yeah. It, you won't need that this year, which is unusual. 12 games into the season and they've already achieved half of their point, what would be their points goal mm-hmm. at the end of the season. That's really impressive. West Ham, what the hell is going on at West Ham? There's something gone seriously wrong there. They have the joint worst Premier League form in the last five games with the bottom of the table, Southampton and Norwich, 19th There's and 20th. Absolutely no excuse for it with the squad no, they have. No, The and players they have. If Did you see any of their game at the weekend against Burnley? It was as bad a Premier League performance as maybe even Southampton's against Leicester. It was that bad. Wow. They were that poor now. And that's, and that's saying something. Burnley could have scored far more goals it was just a ridiculously poor performance they were as flat and I'm pretty sure Cresswell went off injured and I don't know what his situation is now offhand but if he was gone that'll make a big difference as well because he is probably one of he's probably the strong I know he's a wing back but yeah. he's probably the strongest of the back four and oh god things are looking ter- I can't believe things are that bad because, no they, they are top heavy they're poor at the back and have a, yeah, a fairly exciting attack but, but they're not even scoring goals no they're not now at this stage no there's no there's no actual quality going into the into the front three at all They've, they're not getting anything so it's just they're basically trying to survive game to game now and it's it's going terribly as you can see they've one point from the last five games so let's focus again on those three teams that are way below where they should be Spurs Everton and West Ham Pochettino, Marco Silva, Pellegrini. Who goes first? Pellegrini, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Poch has plenty of credit in the bank. Uh, Silva is trusted. And I, as I said last week, I did predict everything to win. But I think this will be 
that'll be the start of the turnaround, I reckon. I think this will galvanise them and they'll cop on and they will climb the table slowly. But surely now, it might be just a ninth or a tenth place finish for Everton this year, but they'll take that after the terrible start they've had. But Silva will Silva will be okay. Pellegrini will go, I'd say, because things are just gone to the dogs at this stage now in West Ham. And if they, if they keep going the way they're going, uh, he, was, he was asked that question at the weekend after the game and losing 3-0 in an abject performance against Burnley... He he was asked the question like, "Do you, is your job under threat?" And he didn't think so. But I, well, you'd have to imagine. It well, is. like those looking at those three, like you have Newcastle above them, and maybe it's hoping against hope. I have nothing against Newcastle as a club. It's who's running it at the minute, and the owner is what makes me anti Newcastle. And you're thinking they're going to stay up. They've won their last two. They're, he's they're actually in good form at the minute, yeah. playing nice football. They're going to stay up. And West Ham now, who you couldn't have imagined would have been relegation candidates at the start of the year. 100% are yeah it's ridiculous to consider them as relegation candidates with the squad they have but when <laughs> Newcastle have got 10 points from the last 15 ga- or from the last 15 10 points from 5 games <laughs> what in the name of God <laughs> that'll show you where the Premier League is this year I think though to be honest about it to be completely honest I think that shows you that it has been a very weak start from a lot of teams that you have Steve Bruce's Newcastle who are in complete and utter disarray at the start of the season yeah. are actually getting on okay but I, I don't know if they were in disarray or else, or was it us and the press that put them in disarray? Ah, they had to have been sure, like Steve Bruce. No, but Steve Bruce was a Steve Bruce was appointed. The fans were going bananas. Um, the press were all going to say, were all saying, this isn't going to work. They've sold out their best players. They, they brought in Steve Bruce. He's, he's passed it, blah, blah, blah. But this was before they'd even played a game. And mm. then they went out and they, 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 you have to hold your hands up. They proved us all wrong. Like we, we, not many people listen to our first podcast, thank God. Mm. But in our first podcast, we wrote them off from day one. Yeah, we did. They, yeah, we, they, we said they, there was they, not a hope. Yeah, they were going down. They were barely even going to win a game. Steve Bruce wasn't even going to make it till to Christmas. And here we are, and they're flying. Yeah, it's uh, oh, it's frustrating, I suppose. But um. Like I think you have to say they were in disarray. Like no, to be honest, no one wanted him at, at the club. No, the fans didn't want Steve Bruce as their manager. They had lost their best perceived players. Didn't really replace them by bringing in Jolinton, which was a bit of a gamble. Yeah, and yet here we are. Like you know, I, I to me, all the signs and they had all the hallmarks that they were in disarray. Yeah, but ordinarily, I suppose in a normal Premier League season, they I suppose. 15 points from 12 games is probably deserving of 13th all right just about but like but there's so many they, they, there'd be a lot of teams closer to them they, they're hounding at their heels in, in, in normal seasons if teams weren't so floundering so I wouldn't say it has been unreal either from Newcastle and you can't still discount them from the, the relegation battle I wouldn't do that too hastily either but they have outperformed what we thought they would because we yeah. thought they'd be hopeless and rooted to the bottom. And as you as you said, there's so many teams currently between 6th and 20th position that just are afraid to win games, just don't want to win games. Yeah. It's it's the most helter-skelter kind of messy Premier League we've seen in a long time. It's so unpredictable. For people like us who sit on a weekly basis and try to predict results, it's an absolute mm. nightmare. Um, but it makes it's it's savage entertainment. Oh, it is, it is it savage. Is. It is. And it's completely unpredictable this year. You we, just don't know what you're going to get. We were sitting at one point mid September talking about how it was going to be too predictable. We were we didn't like how the league was becoming like other leagues where there was two teams and then the also runs. And here we are, halfway through November, and 
somebody has just lit the touch paper and it's all gone crazy and it's absolutely brilliant to see. Yeah, it is. And I'm just looking here, just a point on uh, Watford, the scene as we're down at the lower end of the table. They were rooted to the bottom. They hadn't won a game in their first 11. Yeah. And you're thinking they have no hope. They have no hope of staying up. But when you look through their form, they're one of only five teams that has only lost one game in their last five games. Yeah. So And and that's the top three and uh, Sheffield United. Well, I said it. I said give Kike Sanchez and Flores a chance mm. and he will pull them out of it. And I know it took him a while to get his first win, but he got a few draws and then he got a win against, uh, fair enough, it's against Norwich and their worst team or the, the worst performing team in the league. But when you're in that position, they're the teams that you need to beat to get yourself out of the position. Yeah. And there they are. They're sitting three points from safety now. And, and, and it wasn't a, a straightforward win either. You're away from home in Carrow Road. You're, you go down to 10 men yeah. and you and you win 2-0. So I, I think that is a fairly... Well, it's, it's it's substantial, I think, for their season. It's not just a win. Yeah, you know, it, for, it, yeah was, it was a convincing win. I think they had the two goals before the red card. I watched Did that, they? I, I, watched not, that I, I, didn't see, I didn't see the game now. Yeah, but. I watched it on, on Saturday morning. But even, even it was a convincing win. Norwich didn't put up much of a fight. You have to really worry for Norwich. At this oh, they're point. gone. They're, and, and I know we've been here, we've said, oh, Newcastle are gone. Oh, Norwich are gone. Norwich are gone. They're conceding far too many goals. They could break a record for the most goals conceded in the Premier League, I reckon. Yeah. Because they're just too leaky at the back. Too, and they, as we said earlier in the season, we gave them great kudos. They had a real go. They play some lovely football at times, but it just isn't working for them and they're going to be... I don't know now if they know how to play defensively to try and manage the damage. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I think it's just going to continue and it could end up being a fairly hefty negative goal difference by the end of the season. Okay, on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back from that, we're going to, as we do always in our season so far podcast, we're going to make predictions for who we think are going to finish in the top four and the bottom three, because I'm sure it's significantly changed since the last international break. (laughs) We'll be right back. Welcome back. Once again, you're with the Premier League Preview Podcast. Um, this is our season so far episode because it's a stinky international break and we hate <laughs> international breaks. But at the same time, Juan Island. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do anything. No, uh, no, we have no hope of qualifying yeah. now. Denmark will tr- probably trash us. Yeah, Christian Eriksen will just take, bring, out the, bring out the form of his life. That <laughs> take he's be- out all the hurt that he's feeling <laughs> yeah. on Ireland. <laughs> yeah, without doubt. Oh, God. Um yeah, so at this point of our season so far podcast, what we do is normally review um, who we think are going to finish in the Champions League positions, who we think is going to win the league, who's going to get relegated, and who's going to do what. Um, we did make predictions in our very first podcast, but they ended up to be absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, so we we review it now every time we do one of these season so far podcasts. Um, Owen, talk to me. Top four. Top four will stay as it is. I know it's, I think, it sounds boring and it's easy. It's the easiest prediction in the world when there's an eight point gap. Yeah. But unless Leicester or Chelsea do any, like City are guaranteed top four, unless they have a catastrophically bad t- uh, downturn of form. But uh, le- unless Leicester or Chelsea do something to, in the next month to show me that they are going to suffer a, a downturn of form as well, I, I just don't see it happening. I just see, I see them staying top four. I don't see Arsenal or United picking up enough points to reel them back in because they're just too inconsistent. Okay, and when you say the same top four awards that we're looking at now, are we looking at the order that they're going to finish in? Oh, no. Uh, Liverpool, I think City, I think City will, will eventually cop, no, not cop on because they're still, have started the season 
relatively well. Not yeah. maybe not not of Man City standards, but they haven't been terrible at start season, you know. But um, I th- I think City will finish second. Obviously, I have as as na- as pessimistic as I'd like to be, just to downplay Liverpool. I do think now look they're in a dominant position, and they probably hopefully fingers crossed may do it. City, um, I think they'll finish second. Leicester and Chelsea who knows who knows what what order they'll finish but I do think they'll finish third and fourth I think I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Liverpool in any way shape or form that Liverpool are going to finish top of the table oh no it's not foregone but I think it, it's obviously most likely now. I think City are still going to have a massive say in what happens at the top of the table they're too good and they've too many really good players to come back like a, Laporte can't be that far away from coming back Sinchenko or Sinchenko Sinchenko he's not far from coming back it's only a minor injury he has Mm. as far as I know Ederson again it's only a a muscle strain he's going to be back you bring those three back into the City team and all of a sudden you're looking at the best team in Europe again Mm. yeah you know like if if you watched what happened between Liverpool and City this weekend it was lost in City's defence like Liverpool City attacked Liverpool on multiple occasions and Liverpool's defence was able to deal with it and nullify them and City couldn't really create too many chances every time Liverpool went forward they created chances just because their defence looked all at sea yeah oh yeah they're, they're, they're shaky as and the day is long it's it's terrible that City who have spent so much money don't have defenders to come into those positions and step in and be at the level that you're expected to win to win a league we know what position they're going to be buying for maybe a Christmas or, or, uh, or definitely in the, in, the, in the new transfer window for next season but um, Vincent Company said after the game when he was asked um, what his prediction for the end of the season was um, and he said his theory was that City will come back because Liverpool have an excellent 11 players but City have a squad but then I was like, but did you just watch the game where City's <laughs> reserve players were not good enough to yeah. compete with Liverpool? It's the same for, it's exactly the same for City. But I think City will have a much bigger say than we think, in, than a lot of people think in, mm. in, in the final outcome. I, I reserve judgment as to which one will finish top until January oh. because Liverpool's fixture congestion in December okay. is scary. It is, but just to put it this way, right? So yeah, um, I know you're you're saying it's not a foregone conclusion with City, and it definitely isn't. But if you look at this mathematically for a second, right, they're nine points behind Liverpool. That's yeah. just, we're not talking about Leicester, Chelsea, or dismissing them now. To it's just to say in a straight City versus Liverpool, who will finish ahead of who race, right? Yeah, nine points. How many points do you see Liverpool actually drop in this season? And say Liverpool drop twelve points, do you see City only dropping? three points for the entire season to go going forward for twenty six games? I think. City are more capable than Liverpool of getting to the end of the season on maximum points. Oh, definitely, definitely. But Liverpool don't need to now. You see, that's therein lies the issue. I think Liverpool have to play a full fixture list of Premier League games, two uh, uh, Carabao Cup games, two games in Qatar in the month of December. Yeah, and you cannot expect any team in the world to have that sort of fixture congestion and take maximum points through the month. True, true. But in saying that, just say Liverpool drop, we'll say six points, right? Yeah. 
do you think City will go on a clean run all the way through Christmas? If win Liverpool, every if, game? If Liverpool drop six points, then they have to go to the Etihad in the new year. Yeah. That's your nine point gap gone. Valid, right? But possibly. That, that, but that but I'm that, just I'm just I'm just saying don't nobody lose the run of themselves yet. Oh no, one hundred percent. Like this is City. It, people forget that what this city team can do. Yeah. People forget what they did at the end of last season. Granted, Liverpool went on an, equ- an equally good run at the end of last season, but the run that City went on to hunt down Liverpool mm. was incredible. Yeah, oh, it is. It was unreal. It was. There's no denying that. But my and point still that stands. Team, that team is fully capable mm. of doing it again. Oh. And you better believe that after the start of this season. City are going out in January and dropping at least two hundred million on defenders. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't doubt that they will. But my point still stands. How many points do you see Liverpool dropping? To, okay, right. You've twenty six games left. How many points do you see Liverpool dropping? Now they've dropped two points in twelve games. To be honest, at the moment, I can't see Liverpool the way Liverpool are playing. I can't see them dropping at any points. Every time I sit down to watch Liverpool now, I'm confident that they're going to win. I've never experienced this in my life. <laughs> that I, I sit down to watch Liverpool and I'm confident they're going to win. So, and I think there's a lot of Liverpool fans like that and it's a really nervous position to be in because we're so used to sitting down and not knowing what's going to happen in a game or being confident and then within 30 seconds you realise it's all going to fall apart and or else going into a game where did you think you're going to get hammered in and next thing you know you're 4-0 up. It's like that is the life, that has always been the life of a Liverpool fan. Well, for as long as I've been a Liverpool fan over the past 30 years or whatever. But since since midway through last season, since last February, I just I every time I I, I watch Liverpool, I was just waiting, I'm just waiting for the win. And it's I just I just there's a nervousness in me that thinks this can't last forever. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I actually I absolutely agree with you that it's almost like this air of invincibility that only is going to end one way and that's coming crashing down to earth that's the only way that can ever end it's not yeah. going to go on forever eventually there's going to be a game whereby it'll be like the Villa game where you're hunting them down you're 1-0 down 87 minutes to go and you're absolutely barraging the goals and everything has been going in for Liverpool all the, all the boxes have been taken and all, everything has fallen their way it'll eventually just stop falling their way without doubt yeah. but my point is that the gap already but now this is not the league this is not the league because Chelsea and Leicester are equally able to go on runs and they've proven it already Chelsea have just won their last six games in yeah. a row but my point is I honestly don't see Liverpool really dropping nine points well yeah. now they may but okay right we'll say they drop nine which I think is a fairly that's a fairly generous thing to, to say that Liverpool will lose say three games or they might draw a, a draw three and lose a game right yeah but City will have to win have to win every game this season from now until the end and they won't I, I can guarantee you they won't do that and because they do not have the defence they had last season they're too shaky and I'm telling you they're not the same team that they were now they, attacking they, wise they are but they're not the same overall team that was there last year or the year before I'm telling you they're not the fixture the next fixture for City and the next fixture for Chelsea which is where they play each other is a massive game for both of those clubs but also a massive game for Liverpool Oh, huge. Because if Chelsea take three points off, off City, then that gap to Liverpool is potentially 12 points if, if Liverpool beat Palace. Then that gap to, to Liverpool is 12 points. But then Chelsea are still only eight points behind yeah. them. But then if City go and win, 
that knocks Chelsea off off Liverpool's back a little bit, but City are gaining ground. You know, so well gaining ground. You now I think a massive thing is again or, here or maintaining maintaining, yeah, maintaining the gap. The gap. What I think a big thing is here: Leicester and Liverpool are both on at three o'clock on that Saturday. Uh, Leicester are away to Brighton, Liverpool away to Crystal Palace. Yeah, those two games will be massive for those two clubs. They'll want to be putting the pressure on Chelsea and City. Yeah, and I'd say they'd only be happy to see them draw. You know, well, Liverpool oh, will probably be delighted to see a draw there. If Liverpool go out and beat Crystal Palace, they'll hope it's a draw. Yeah. We're after gaining two points on on two of our nearest rivals again today. And whatever happens with Leicester, whether uh, that happens, and Leicester will probably be hoping for a draw as well because they'll be gaining ground on two well, of our rivals for have, top four. We all know what can happen when Liverpool play Crystal Palace. Exactly, so Chris, Chris Dunbull and all <laughs> and and that, and all that heartbreak. I have uh, a hole in my wardrobe door is. A poignant reminder of that every single day. <laughs> I'll never uh, forget it as long as I live. But anyway, and <laughs> a slightly tangential there. Um, that is actually a big thing. It's a psychological advantage, but it's also an incentive. If Liverpool say, if Liverpool go and draw with Palace, yeah, it's an ins- real incentive for Chelsea and City to close that gap again. So that is actually this game week thirteen fixture is absolutely huge. Yeah, it really is because if, if fine if all teams go and win, well they actually can't all go and win. So Leicester win, Liverpool win, and it comes down to the last game. That result is huge for that club because yeah, the the form that the other three are in, they're not going to drop that many points because everyone else is floundering, everyone else is dropping points, but these teams are the ones that aren't. So it really is important, I, as you said. Like this is a this is. The biggest game, like, people are saying like, Liverpool and City was the biggest game of the season. It was, but now next week, or the next game week, sorry, in two weeks' time, it's absolutely huge for City and yeah. for Chelsea. And so, for Liverpool. Oh, it's, it's, it's monstrous. It's massive it really for all is, four yeah. clubs. I, I, so I think we'll park the top four there. We agree that the top four, the current top four... Will remain as is. Will yeah. remain the top Whatever four. Whatever order. But yeah. in what, either the same order or some other order. Yeah. And I think... I think anybody who knows anything about football can pretty much look at what's happening in the Premier it's League. It's not that hard to predict and, and, agree, yeah. and agree with exactly. that. Um, who's going to get relegated? Norwich, gone, 100%. Yep. If I owned the house, which I don't, I would be putting the deeds of it on Norwich to be relegated. <laughs> but it would It's a good job you don't. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah exactly. It's probably why. No, but uh, you wouldn't be getting much of a return in your investment there because it is an absolute foregone conclusion. Um, Southampton, you'd have to seriously, seriously fear for the, the, the form they've been in lately you're, you're, you you wouldn't have maybe flagged them as well you would have flagged them as a as a relegation candidate but you wouldn't have imagined yeah. you know you wouldn't have obviously but a lot of people would have but to me they're in real real trouble two wins and two draws after 12 games you're only going one place and that's down Watford I actually think they'll survive and I want them to survive because they play really well yeah. at times they, they play nice football at times mm-hmm. and it's hard to call that last one now because Watford have given themselves a bit of a lifeline here. I Villa, don't think Villa, Villa will go down. I know they are in trouble. They've lost their last three, but they're in free Villa fall. are good. They're winning games. Yeah, that's the issue. They're, I think Villa will pick up enough three pointers. Like you have said, it likes Watford. They're grinding it out, or you might have Newcastle getting draws here and there. You know that type of a result. But I think Villa are good, and they're going to pick up enough wins to see them through. So I don't think Villa will go down. Like I think there's I, between John. I think West Ham might go down. I think West Ham. Uh, might go I, down. I don't think so. I think they'll replace their manager, and and that squad is too good. Actually, to go do you know down. what? I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna reiterate there. It'll be Norwich, Southampton, and I'm gonna go for a one from left. Well, it's not left field, Palace. 
eventually the form that I knew that they were going to show is starting to come to fruition. Yeah, they well, can't score and, and they can't defend. And it's our, a terrible combination <laughs> in the Premier League. <laughs> in our very first podcast, I did re- predict Palace were going to go down and they just, every week, they just belie my prediction and go out <laughs> and go out and do t- do they go and beat Liverpool I'm telling you they're going to drive yeah, us both exactly. mad they do things that you just they shouldn't do and then but in the last few weeks you're right I seen them against Leicester and they were they're abject they're piss poor like yeah, really, yeah really, piss poor really is bad. the perfect word for it they've only scored 10 goals this season that's absolutely atrocious the only team that hasn't scored as, ma- as many as them is Watford with 8 but you look at Palace they're on 15 points Newcastle are on 15 points Brighton are on 15 points so if you think Palace can get pulled into the relegation zone that means just as easily Newcastle can just mm. as easily Brighton can Brighton have been lucky in the last few weeks they've managed to turn around their form and get a few good results but they don't have a great squad yeah they don't have a great team. Yeah, that's true. And they they could very quickly get. I I still think Brighton three of their last five could wins. Though, that's that's it. That's it. Could get that's great for me. I I agree yeah. with you. Though. I do agree. I can see where you're coming from. They could end up getting pulled into it because they can go on a losing run definitely. Yeah, they there's had, no two ways they about had, that. Up up until the United game, they had three convenient, three good fixtures for them, and they got good results out of them. Spurs, well, in Spurs, in fairness, Spurs were terrible and. Brighton did well to get something and you have to take your hat off to any team that beats Spurs mm. especially a team that would be expected to be around the bottom of the table but their other fixtures were handy enough for them you've seen more to Brighton you would expect against United at the weekend yeah so I still well they had chances not to be fair and, and they were unlucky with United's uh, second goal the deflected goal that was very unlucky like their or was it no was it their first goal sorry mm. I think their first the Pereira's goal was yeah. an absolute wicked and wild deflection. It was completely unlucky, but um, and they had a few chances here and there. Now, in fairness, uh, United were good in patches, which is rare to see, especially yeah. after I suppose they had won and they'd beaten Partizan Belgrade in the Europa League, but they turned around their f- bad form of last week against Bournemouth, where they were hopeless. I suppose we actually haven't even really given United any real airtime. Like, what what do you see from United this season before we before we get your bottom three? Mid-table mediocrity. Just 7th, 8th, 9th. Unless even. unless they sack Oli Guller, Schalchar and bring in a manager who can actually control those players and get them playing football on the on the pitch, then they're, they're not... The best they can hope for is mid-table mediocrity. Yeah. And I and I, I say it over and over again, this bullshit of <laughs> their, their squad isn't good enough and they need to go out and buy players, that is bollocks, if you ask yeah. me. And, I, and I'm sorry for the language, but Sheffield United are in fifth position. They're two positions ahead of United in the league. Are you telling me that Sheffield United have better squad and better players than Manchester United? Yeah, exactly, yeah. You've, said, you've summed it up perfectly. And that's not, again, that's not us shitting on Sheffield. It's not. They're a newly promoted side and they work very well with what they have, but they have a limited squad. It's plain exactly. for all to see. They've got four Republic of Ireland starters and that says a lot about where they are. And that's not us shitting on Ireland. Obviously, we're Irish. We love the national team, but... It shows you the level that Sheffield are at and they make it work with what they have whereas United are the exact opposite of that. Yeah. And you hate to see it because you should be working for what... You should be just working in unison with what you have and wherever that leaves you, it leaves you. But United haven't done that this season yeah. at all. They need, they need to... Something needs to change seriously there. And I make the con- comparison week on week. The squad that Chelsea have is very comparable to the squad that United have and Chelsea have won six in a row and they're looking at the top of the Premier League. So there's no excuse for United and they need to shit or get off the pot or else, as I say, they're going to end up mid-table yeah. at best. They're not even going to make Europa League. The best that they can hope for is try and win the Europa League. But Oli, 
I don't know. I think it's 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 probably like everybody else. Who who will they bring in? Who, yeah, who will they bring in? But Ollie needs to go. He does. Yeah, and I'm just looking at it here for United. Like four wins, four draws, four losses, plus four goal difference. It just says it all. It's just as you said, mediocre. It's yeah. just grand and that's yeah. not what United and are expecting and it's not what they should they, and it's even, not what the fans deserve it's not what the club should be even, do, it's even, not what their level even when they're winning games they don't look good nah not really and I'm telling you they, I, they weren't convincing against Brighton they were lucky with the deflected goal now they were deserving of the win but it wasn't as if they were a mile better than Brighton they were yeah. not exactly um, go for, on give me your bottom three sorry we went on a massive tangent there yeah sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> we do like an L rant on no, this we podcast. do yeah in fairness it's been a very ranty one today but I've enjoyed yeah. it a lot yeah yeah well that's what uh, international breaks will do to you yeah they'll drive you mad yeah. my bottom three I find this really difficult um, there's no question but Norwich are gone oh yeah in, in my eyes Southampton I just I just I just don't think they're bad enough to go down I think they've gone through a bad patch I think the international break has come for them at a, a very good time. They need a break. They need to regroup and get their heads together. Um, as much as I like Hassan Hootel, I'm I'm concerned that maybe he's not the man to pull them out of it. It doesn't seem to be going well for them. Um, but I do think their squad is too good to be relegated. Um, I what, hope you're right, though, because I actually want to see Southampton stay up, to be honest. Watford... Um, I think I, I I don't think they're going to get relegated. I think Kike Sanchez Flores is doing a good job. He's got three draws and a win in in his last five. He's lost one game. He, as long as he can keep De La Feo fit and not leaving in January, they have a good hope of getting out there. Now I'm not just saying I'm not saying all their hopes rest on De La Feo, but he is by far their better player, best mm-hmm. best player, he is, and, yeah. and he he makes he Most makes creative, yeah. makes chances for them and. He makes chances for the other players, and as long as he's fit, they have hope. It's like, it's like Shakiri at Stoke. There was like, yeah, he he was the catalyst that made was everything good about Stoke in those years. Um, so that doesn't really answer anything <laughs> other than, other than Norwich are getting relegated. I I think um I think Villa are in trouble. They're in free fall, um and. I think I don't know if they'll get relegated because they've done so well. Oh Jesus Christ! See, this is the thing, right? Yeah. I always look at scoring difference because I know you can look at it. You can look at it and say, "Oh, it's an, it's not indicative over a small short period." But I think over a long period, goal difference does show you form. Yeah. And you're looking at it. The bottom three are the, te- the three teams yeah. with the with the worst goal with the worst goal difference. But Villa are only minus three, and you look at Watford just below them. Minus 15. Right. I think that does tell a tale. That'll show you where they are. Here comes my prediction. And Norwich are gone. And if in any other season, someone said to you after more than a third of the season that they thought the teams that were in 11th and 12th were going to get relegated, you'd t- t- tell them they were crazy. But I think Brighton and Crystal Palace. I can, I can see where you're coming from. Crystal Palace definitely, as I've obviously nominated them to go down myself. But uh, Brighton... Yes, I can see where you're coming from now. Three of their last five is uh, wins is is great form, but might be just a I bit just, of. Uh, I, I just don't think the, their players are good enough. Like you, you look at Brighton and they still have a championship squad. Yeah, they do. They do. 100%. There's not. There's not like bashing Duffy. Go on, I said. <laughs> there's the way I always look at it is if if I want to see if a team's going to get relegated, I think to myself if the if that team goes down. What player would a top six club buy? 
Mm. And there's none at Brighton. No, there definitely isn't. Like, if like you Zaha look, with Palace, you can see. Yeah, you can like, make it as Grealish with it with Villa. Exactly. Delefeu might have a shout with Ty, Tyrone Mings at Villa. Yeah. Like if those if if Villa go down, you can be guaranteed Grealish and Mings are going to yeah. top at, at mid to top table. Like even Nathan Redmond with, with Southampton, you ha, you do have a, exactly. a marquee players like yeah. Exactly, and Brighton just don't have those players. No, they don't. So that's that's why I would put Brighton there. I think. Zaha is that player. Zaha or Van Har- Van Arnholt at Crystal Palace are, oh, those, yeah. are those players, but Zaha doesn't want to be there. No, he wants to be. He's he, gone. He's I think pro- he could be gone at Christmas. He could be gone in January. And if, if he is, uh, I think uh, that would be very, very bad for him because that would be curtains. He, yeah, he's uh, actually just uh, another stat for you. He's the player who's had the most shots in the Premier League without scoring a goal this season. Yeah, he, so he's chief creator for them. Like he is, but uh, he, he he's always had an issue with end product mm. and. Yeah, that's why he. To be fair, to be, to be fair to Saha, he's not a player. He's not a goal scorer. He never has no. been. He's a creator. He's but supposed the, to be a creator. Yeah. But the problem is, Palace don't have a goal scorer. No. Like Jordan Ayew scores once every seven years or something like that. <laughs> and he, I know he works hard, but he's not going to score bags of goals. No. They don't have a goal scorer. You don't need someone who works hard up front. You need exactly. a goal scorer up front. And and when one of the top scorers in the club is the left back, you know, yeah. there's there's a concern there. Yeah. So yeah, that's my prediction. I'm going to go with Norwich, Palace, and Brighton. Not a, ba- not a bad shout. I, I yeah. do think uh, I do think Brighton might just avoid it, and I do think Southampton will be in their stead. The only thing is, but the only I thing that will coming from will go against that is it's it's the difference between eight points and fifteen is seven points, and for teams at the top of the the, the bottom of the table to pick up seven points is always difficult. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. it's very very hard. You're really looking at, but then again, you look at Crystal Palace that they're playing Liverpool in the next game. That could be a zero. Yeah, Palace have got one point yeah. from their last four like, games. Like if 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 Palace lose their next game and Watford win, that gap is is mm. already down to four points between them. Yeah, you know, so it's it's very hard to predict. But if my prediction is Norwich, Palace, and Brighton, perfect. Uh, what a lovely place to leave it. Yeah, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, once again, thanks very much for listening. We appreciate all our listeners. Do drop us a line on Twitter at Premier underscore Podcast on Facebook Premier League Preview Podcast. Uh, recently set up an Instagram but there's nothing there so don't bother going there you can get us on our website plpreview.com and we will be back next week with all the predictions for match week 13 actual Premier League games yes get in this is the Premier League preview podcast follow us on Twitter at Premier underscore podcast find us on Facebook under Premier League preview podcast or online at plpreview.com